Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. Welcome to this week's episode. We got a couple good games coming up this week, Walt. We had uh, some crazy games last week. Uh, uh, did you know 25 ranked teams have so far lost in the four weeks of college football, Wall? No, I did not know that number, but I did know that we've had a lot of ranked teams losing, Woj. And it just speaks to the randomness this year. The randomness, Woj, make it a little tough on us. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also preseason rankings, which kind of can kind of be out of whack. But I mean, we've seen teams that just have collapsed, and we'll talk about those in just a second. But first, little housekeeping: DraftKings League story one one three five one last week with one ninety seven point four six wall. Uh, you came in second with 166.78, and I finished in third. Uh, Story ended up sporting Brees Hall on his roster, got him 50 points, uh, was a big scorer last week. That's $140 per point, which is huge. Um, also took the Max Johnson and Boti combo uh, I had as well. Uh, that was 49.7 points for the both of them. That's 1,600. That's 322 per point for the stack. Not terrible, not great, but uh, pretty good. Pretty good stack there. Uh, this week will be the Saturday 12-game slate. And next week, well, we'll kind of go over the overall season standing so far. How are people doing uh, in the both contests? Not just the average uh, placement, but also average score. Well, Sounds exciting. I'm, re- I'm really, Woj, I, I want to delve into how story in my DraftKings League is going this year. I just want to see how everyone okay, is doing okay. in story in my DraftKings League this year. Hey, we're four weeks in. There's still a lot, a lot, a lot of DraftKings left to go. Uh, I need to get go. I need to get going though. I've I've had too many middle of the pack finishes here. I need to I need to get one of those wins and get some money wall and get some koozies for that matter. We got other people up there, Woj. I mean, like, we have Walrus plays with us every week, always up in the top. You know, Liz plays with us. She always gives her best, just can't get at the top. So there's some people, you know, in the next coming weeks, they, they could take that pie, Woj, get that one off, get their koozie, make people for sure. happy. For sure, for sure. But we talked about how many ranked teams have lost. Six teams alone lost last week, while probably the biggest, one of the bigger ones. Clemson loses in double overtime to NC State. Wall, what is wrong with Clemson? Yeah, Clemson, they're just they're going downhill, and they're going downhill fast, Woj. I mean, like it, we can't say too much about it because you've mentioned there's a lot of ranked teams that are dropping. But, you know, Clemson, they're not just another ranked team. They're, they're the team you thought might be there at the end of the year playing in the last game of the year that is the national championship. And then they lose to NC State, and – you know, it wasn't even really in good fashion. NC State was the home team. I'll give them that. They had a lot of crowd support in that game, which if you were watching, it was quite exciting to be a Wolfpack fan. But went in a double overtime, you know, second overtime, NC State come, came down, scored. You got to go for two in double over in second overtime, Woj. They went for two and they missed it. And at that point, you're thinking, you know, well, this is where Clemson comes down. They get a touchdown. They get the two-point conversion. They convert it. The game's over. You know, it's another win for Clemson. That did not happen. NC State stopped them, Woj. They stopped them. They won the game. And now Clemson, I mean, they're not even probably a team you can talk about the rest of the year. Definitely not to make the playoffs, but maybe not even to win their conference, Woj, even though they still are favored. Yeah, yeah the crazy stat I saw today, I think it was 21 point. 
four or six points per game uh, for Clemson, and that was the lowest in the ACC. Lowest, lowest team, which was uh, which was a crazy stat to see, and Clemson being the, the team named after that. But uh, yeah, their their D line, for instance, I mean their offense is not doing well, but their D line against NC State, they couldn't get penetration at all, which was surprising. And you just look at one of those teams that you know has been to the playoffs many times over the years, won some national championships, and their D line just can't penetrate an NC State offensive line which doesn't make sense to me I, I don't know what's happening over there but we'll keep watching they they gave them that last ranking spot maybe just because they felt bad uh so they're still ranked at 25 but we'll see maybe they'll lose again i think they got boston college this week uh who uh hasn't lost yet and won against missouri last week in overtime speaking of overtime games uh, arkansas uh still looking impressive while we talked about it last week about you know, that was a big game against Texas A&M they had last week, and they needed to win one of those big games to really make us look at them and get some national recognition, and they did while well, they they beat Texas A&M. They did. They beat them. I mean, it was a 20-10 to 10 game, which it's not a, you know, squeak by and barely beat a great Texas A&M team. I'll call them great. Yeah, I think they're great. They didn't do that, which they didn't just squeak by. They beat them. They beat them to the turf, man. And, you know, we kind of talked about Arkansas as a, team that you got to look for this year we talked about in the preview episode and again in maybe episode one or two but you know the real jay-z is probably licking his chops over there i know that's his team and they're performing this year which i mean you can't say they don't have a chance at the sec championship i know people are gonna oh puke at that statement but right now as it stands you cannot say they don't have a chance at the championship uh, you're right. I think they, they got a big matchup this week, which we'll talk about in just a moment. And speaking of squeaking by wall, Oklahoma just keeps doing it. <laughs> they did it again versus West Virginia uh, this past weekend. But man, three games. So Tulane, Nebraska and West Virginia have all been decided by 15 points combined wall. They just keep they keep getting W's, but they're just squeaking by wall. Yeah, I feel like we have this conversation every week because we talk about them squeaking by every week. You know, if, if a team doesn't lose, and this is part of the reason, too, we talked about 25 ranked teams to fall. You mentioned that that's preseason rankings. Yes, it's usually preseason rankings. That's how they come out. But the thing is, those, you know, vote makers, they don't want to drop a team unless they lose. They have trouble doing that. So sometimes that's why you see all these teams dropping out, you know, after they were ranked. They're no longer ranked because they they didn't want to drop them out when they had that close game against a bad team, but now they got a loss and they had a close game against a bad team and they're out of there. That's why you see so many of these, you know, ranked teams falling, as you've kind of mentioned a couple of times now, but Oklahoma specifically, they, they're a team that really shouldn't be as high as they are right now because, you know, West Virginia, I guess we could argue they're a pretty good team. Nebraska has shown nothing to us. Tulane is the, they're a decent team, but they're not a team that Oklahoma should be squeaking by against. So I don't know. I, I think when it comes down to it, the way Oklahoma plays football, it's a little different than, for example, an Iowa that's right, right there with them that, you know, hasn't been crushing teams. But Iowa plays a different kind of offense. When Iowa was playing their football games, there was never in doubt of them losing the football game. Oklahoma, it's been a different story. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens going forward with Oklahoma. I really don't think they deserve the ranking, but again, they haven't lost. So. Yep. Uh, one more game from last week. Uh, it appeared Notre Dame remembered how to play defense against Wisconsin at Shoulder Field. Well, 
They did. It was an exciting game, Woj. I mean, it was real exciting. Good for game day. Good for ESPN, obviously. But it was a fun game to watch, too. It's not the outcome that I expected by any means. Not saying I thought Wisconsin was going to run away with it. But, you know, Notre Dame came to play football, man. The Shamrock Series, yeah. they just get yeah. fired up for that Shamrock Series. Well, do you see the, the game they scheduled next week, next year for the Shamrock Series? I did Notre not. Dame? Well, what they, is it? What are they? they... Just, it just came out today, I think, or yesterday, maybe. But they scheduled BYU. I mean, this, this Notre Dame team is a team that'll go play anybody. I mean, why, why would you schedule that game? They're just not afraid, man. This, they have nothing to gain from it, I guess. This week they're playing Cincinnati, another game hopefully we get to talk about. But they have nothing to gain from scheduling these games. They only have something to lose. So I, I admire it. I respect it. I really like these uh, Shamrock Series games they schedule. Yeah, Notre Dame's defense looked amazing. Uh, it was like a new team out there uh, all of a sudden. Offense kind of looked the same. Uh, you know, Wisconsin actually held tough. They they kept Williams, uh, I think, the 47 or 57 yards on the ground only. Uh, so they, they kept the running game at bay, but uh, they couldn't do anything about it because of all the turnovers on, de- on Notre Dame got on defense. So, yeah, Notre Dame uh, showed up and played re- really well, really good defense. Uh, and Wisconsin didn't have an answer for all those turnovers. But let's get into this week's game. We got number eight, Arkansas. Eight, eight number eight rank now for them. 4-0 at number two, Georgia. 4-0, 11 a.m. on ESPN wall. In my opinion, that's a, a deserved number eight ranking, which I think they've earned yeah, that number. I agree. And we, we talked about before how the, at this point in time, and that's why I kept saying at this point in time, at this point in time, they have a ch- you know, they – rightfully can say they have a chance to make the SEC championship game. But this week they're playing Georgia. So next week we might not be able to make that same statement. That's what I want to clarify. But in this game, Arkansas plus 18 and a half over under a 48. Arkansas is plus 720 on the money line. I think you said you saw it even higher somewhere, right? 760 I think uh, somebody had it at. I can't remember who. But, yeah, 760 I saw it at. There you go. And then it's get a high number, you know, you'll see a differentiating, you know, money lines, but that's still, that's a big number. I, obviously it's probably a number that's right though, because this Georgia team is a really good football team. I did think as soon as I saw that big 18 and a half number, I'm like, man, that Arkansas team getting 18 and a half, you know, I might have to take those 18 and a half, but no, Oach, I'm, I'm not going to bet against Georgia. I, I don't see the point in it. They're a really good football team. I just want to stay away from this one. I'm I'm with you, Wall. I I still think, I still like it. I still look at that number. I'm like 18 and a half over under a 48. I mean, Arkansas can at least do something, right? Or their defense is, hasn't been half that bad. I mean, they held Texas A&M to 10. I mean, can they really not cover an 18 and a half? Uh, I still like it. I don't know. I'm I might bet it. Who knows? Uh, but like you said, Georgia is just a tough D. Uh, DFS-wise, this is a tough game to bet just because of the defenses, a small over/under. But you know, here's just some stats, some some stat stats for Georgia's defense. Best defense versus quarterbacks in FBS, allowing only four points per game. Wall four points per game against opposing quarterbacks. That's insane. Tenth versus wide receivers and tight ends with 17.5 points per game. Fourth versus running backs with 8.5 points per game. While they're even good against kickers, only allowing 2.8 points per game. That's overall 32.8 points per game in in DraftKings or FanDuel, whatever you want to go by. It'll all be similar stats. But that's crazy that they're only giving up that amount of points per game to a team. You expect... 30 points from one of the star players in any specific game you pick for a DraftKings guy, let alone the whole team producing that. 
Well, uh, I, so I yeah. I have Go to ahead. tell you something about that too. We're talking about Georgia defense. I know you don't play pay any attention to our our fantasy league. You know, you're too busy with DraftKings to pay attention to our fantasy league. But I want to tell you who my highest scoring player is in our fantasy league. <laughs> I, I it's Georgia's defense. It's Georgia's defense. I'm not. This is. I'm being serious. Like I'm laughing as I'm saying it, but they are seriously the highest scoring. You know, average points per game player on my team in Fantrax or fantasy league. Uh, you know what? And I'm not I'm not going to drill you and say, hey, you have Graham Mertz on your team as a quarterback. And that's probably why. But no, Georgia is, is really good, <laughs> really good at scoring points. And they do it well. I mean, that, that stat against opposing quarterbacks at four points per game is absolutely unbelievable. Um, that That's just crazy to see that that number. So uh, sure, go ahead and take Arkansas's quarterback. Don't be, don't say I didn't warn you, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I'm not super hyped about the Georgia offense and any particular player. Um, so I, I'm just going to stick a clear of this game from DFS. And I think everyone else should too, but we'll move on to our next game here. Number 14, Michigan, who's 4-0 at Wisconsin, who just lost that, that game against uh, Notre Dame at Soldier Field, who's one and two, 11 a.m. on Fox. Well, yeah, this, this line, I, I tweeted about it. Well, you, it came out at a pick em, you know, Michigan at Wisconsin pick em, man. Oh, that's crazy. We got our first, I think, I haven't seen one. I don't know if you saw one, but of the big games, that's the first pick em I saw come out at the open. Yeah, I, yeah. Had you seen one before that? I can't, I no, can't I thought that was the only one I saw. Yeah, I, I think it's the first one of the season for big games anyways. I'm sure there's someone out there that had a pick em I just didn't see. But it's moved all the way up to Michigan getting two and a half. I mean, this that line move really baffles me. Wisconsin minus 130 right now, over under a 43 and a half. You know, that that doesn't confuse me, Woj. That makes sense to me. Two big dent teams playing up there in Wisconsin. But I I really was thrown off by this line moving so far, plus two and a half Michigan. And when we got this ranked team, we got ranked number 14 Michigan playing unranked Wisconsin. You see a line with a basically the dog being the ranked team, you know, Generally, you want to stay away from that game, but there's so much here, Woj. There's so much to this Michigan team. Blake Corum really running the ball. Haskins, he can go in there too. He, they probably split carries close. I don't know what their carries are exactly, but half and half about, and either one of them can run it. I mean, Cade McNamara is really the question, but I think he's starting to pick it up, and I really like them against this Wisconsin team, a team that's already has two losses on their to their name. Yeah, well, as your point, the carries, I think it's literally split 50-50. Um, Haskins yeah. got nine less carries, I think, or or maybe nine more carries last week or one of the two. But I think overall in the season, it's 50-50, and they're both great running backs. So, uh, I, I mean, I think the thing that's moving the line possibly is how well Wisconsin was able to shut down Notre Dame's run. Uh, in, in Michigan, this season has relied on the run heavily uh, to win those games that they've played. But... I don't think Michigan's necessarily one-dimensional, and uh, I like this Michigan team. I like what Hardball's doing. Um, so I, I think real Michigan does have a really good shot in this. I actually like that Michigan plus two and a half. It's really juicy. I take Michigan on the money line, maybe even for some better odds there. But you know, Wisconsin just struggled last week. Their offense is just struggling. All they have is that run game. Um, 
and Mertz can't push the ball down the field worth anything. Uh, and I think Michigan's defense is much better than Notre Dame's defense is. So uh, this is a scary game for Wisconsin. I'm not quite sure where the odds makers are going with this. Maybe they're trying to boost that, that spread back up a little bit more, but I, I don't know. But Michigan is, uh, that's definitely, I think, should be the favorite in this game, Wall. I agree. Well, it's like, that's exactly what I was saying. And you say you should take up on the money line. I already have. Well, I took, I saw him at plus 110 and I jumped right on it. You know, the heck with the points. I think they're plus one and a half at the time, but I jumped on that plus 110, man. If it gets any higher than that, I'll probably jump on him again. And you know what, Woj, it, I don't want to give away the anything for you later in the, in the episode. So I won't th- say anything about the spread specifically, but I will say this. When you bet a spread, Again, I want to reemphasize this. When you bet a spread of a ranked team getting points against an unranked team, man, it never goes well. But I'm going to do it again, Woj. You know, <laughs> a fool's errand. I'm doing it again. <laughs> All right. All right. We got number seven, Cincinnati, who's 3-0 at number nine, Notre Dame, 4-0, 1.30 p.m. on NBC. I know we we teased this game early in the season while during our uh, during our conference previews. So what do you what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, we hit the nail on the head. It's an important game. Uh, it's really important game, more so than we thought before it'd be just Cincinnati. But the way the season's been playing out, this is a very important game for Notre Dame, too. They This is a half to win to make the national championship. It's a it's a half to make to the playoffs, I should say. It's a half to win. Uh, it, this line, I mean, it, it'll really surprise you if I tell you what it was. It, it came out at plus two and a half Notre Dame. It's sitting plus one and a half right now, Notre Dame, over under a 51. And Notre Dame's very similar to Michigan in that they're plus 110 on the money line. So that's going to throw a lot of people off because they'd figure that Notre Dame would be the favorite here. But the books, I mean, they got to be expecting some Notre Dame money to come in. So for them to keep the spread at at plus two and a half, plus one and a half for Notre Dame, they're really thinking Cincinnati's going to come out in this one. Yeah. um, I don't know what to think about this. So it's Cincinnati is essentially kind of one-dimensional it's essentially and it's an rpo jerome ford is the running back he's amazing he's really good desmond ritter is their quarterback he's a mobile quarterback he likes to run outside the pockets on a lot of those options uh, the thing about it is is notre dame shut down wisconsin doing that so well uh and mertz isn't quite the quarterback desmond ritter is but wisconsin has really good running backs as well so I just I don't know what to think about this game. I like Notre Dame just because of how well they played last week, um, especially getting points uh, versus Cincinnati team. Um, as far as DFS goes, Cincinnati's throwing the ball to 15 different players. Uh, so I would stay away from that. If you're going to take anybody from Cincinnati, you're either going to take Ritter or you're going to take Ford. Uh, because you know that, that those are their that's their offense wall. That's those are the guys the bread and butter of their offense. That's what they're known for. Um, but I'm gonna avoid both of them this week. I think on the other side of the ball, you have a better option at Kevin Austin, the wide receiver from Notre Dame. He's only 7,300 this week, and I'm doing stats based off of fan duels this week, guys. So the numbers might be a little in, yeah. A little, uh, what am I trying to say? Bigger than normal because you have one less roster spot to fill. Like DraftKings has the flex spot, uh, FanDuel does not have the flex spot. So he's 7,300 this week, which is essentially cheaper for a, a mid-tier wide receiver. And he did great last week. The week before, he had eight targets and zero catches versus Purdue. But uh, it's just one of those things. If you want to play this in a tournament matchup, he might be the the guy clicking right now. Just be one of those players. 
Otherwise, Kieran Williams, the running back for Notre Dame, we talked about him. He's only 8,000. And Cincinnati has allowed, has given up 49.50 points between the two games they've played against FBS opponents this year. And Williams is able to do a lot more than that. So uh, he's a great player. He gets involved in the pass game too. So good option at running back there in a game where, yeah, there's going to be some points scored. It's not the craziest, but there might be better options out there. But he's he's a good option in that game, Wall. I'll take let's your word move, for it, Woach. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. We got number three, Oregon. Number three in the nation, Oregon. 4-0 at Stanford, 2-2, two and 2.30 two, p.m. on ABC wall. Yeah, they beat Ohio State. You know, that's why they're sitting number three in the nation right now. Um, Oregon minus eight, over under a 58. Stanford, though, plus 245, which is a, it's a big number on the money line for only getting eight points. I I'm not going to bet Stanford in this one, though. Oregon's, you know, they're a good team. I actually just loaded up on them a little bit more to them to win the Pac-12 championship, and that's at minus money right now. So, obviously, I think highly of this Oregon team. Stanford is coming through, you know, a team at the beginning of the year no one expected anything out of. Then they go and they beat USC, Woj, and now everybody's, you know, they're on Stanford's side a little bit. Then they beat Vanderbilt, which I know is not a great team, and they had a close game last week against UCLA. I'm not not saying they really had a chance to win that one. UCLA was going to take that one home, and thankfully they did. We made some money on that one. I think it was my – was that my pick on last week, Coach? I think it was. Uh, UCLA, yeah. If, yeah, if not, I, I had a lot of money on them anyways. But, yeah, but Stanford played them a little better than I thought. They uh, UCLA still covered the spread. But now Stanford's going up against an Oregon team where we're really going to see what they're made of. The eight really did surprise me. You know, if I might actually start thinking about jumping on Oregon minus eight in this one. If it wasn't at Stanford, I would say I definitely will. But this will be a fun game to watch, which I'm kind of excited to watch at 2.30 on ABC. Yeah, as far as DFS goes, and, and the real Jay-Z is going to roll over uh, for this one. He's not going to like it. But Anthony Brown isn't a terrible play this week, the quarterback from Oregon. He's a mobile quarterback, and Stanford has given up four TDs to mobile quarterbacks this season. So uh, not a terrible play. He's 9,700 on FanDuel again. Um Probably a better play for the Oregon offense and just just overall more consistent is Verdell, C.J. Verdell. He's only 85. Um, so I would go probably between the two of them if I was going to take somebody. I would probably just take Verdell, especially in a cash game. Maybe in a tournament game you could take Brown and he pops off and gets two TDs in the ground, a couple in the air. Uh, would be a great play. Um, but Oregon has been awful so far this season in the, against the pass wall. So let's look at Stanford. Uh, Tanner McKee and Bryson uh, Tremaine from Stanford are 16,600 16, for the uh, stack. And they're consistent, both of them. Tanner McKee, the quarterback. Bryson Tremaine, the, the wide receiver, their number one wide receiver. That's a really good play to me, especially considering they're supposed to be down in this one. If I was going to take anything in that game, I would probably take those two for sure uh, in a tournament play. Who's what did they had the same? What did you say? Their salaries were the same. Framing Higgins. No, that's uh, sixteen thousand six hundred for the stack wall. Oh, so you're going to take both of them on a double yeah, stack? Taking, I don't know. Taking both of them, I got the stack. I don't know. What are you going off of there? Because I know that they, they usually give it to Trey May when they need a touchdown. He's the man that gets the touchdown. So I, I kind of want to take him if I had to. Why, why are you stacking them both? Just because you think Oregon's secondary is that bad? I think they're not. They haven't been very good. They've been pretty bad against the pass. 
And McKee's put up solid numbers. He's 24 on average on FanDuel right now as far as points per game. And I'm just looking for options to get into this game where Stanford might be behind. They're going to have to pass it. Their run game hasn't shown too much promise so far this year. And Bryson Tremaine's been pretty good for them. So uh, I'm just going to stack McKee with them. Pretty decent, cheap stack for a FanDuel stack. So you're not investing too much money in maybe that super flex spot in one of your wide receiver spots uh, to get into some more high-priced guys later in, later in some of these better games, which we'll go over next. Well, Yeah, that's, I guess that makes sense. Stanford really, you know, they're a team. Back in the day, they're known for their running backs. And like you said, their, their running game is not that strong. They, they cycle through three backs over there, Pete Jones and McKee, I think. They cycle through all three of them. Not one of them is really that standout running back that we knew from, like, you know, Gerhardt or uh, McCaffrey, you know, those guys that really, you know, they run the ball down your throat or McCaffrey is a little more of a dancer, but he still run the ball down your throat. If you remember that, oh, that unfortunate Rose Bowl loss. Do you remember yeah, that? that was not good. Yeah. But still, that's that's what a Stanford running back does. Is they run it down the throat. But with these three backs, they're switching. It just seems like none of them can really get their footing going. So it does make sense to me that, you know, Stanford might go to a little more of a pass game against Oregon to get things going and, you know, obviously keep up with Oregon and Mr. Verdell over there. So I, I understand what you're saying. It makes sense, I guess. Yeah, and here's the thing, too, especially in tournament. You want those those guys that other people aren't going to target, right? You want those guys that are going to do good with low percentage owned. And in FanDuel, it's a little bit easier because there's two extra games per slate, typically, than what DraftKings does in their 12. FanDuel's doing 14. But this is a, one of those stacks that a lot of people probably won't have. Uh, they've got consistent points, and it's one of those games that are going to be behind. If they do end up having to win it, they're playing against a pretty bad pasty they would have to do well. And that's what I'm kind of banking on with that pick as far as the tournament option goes. All right, so let's move on. We have a crazy game. Can't wait for this one. Number 12, Old Miss, 3-0 at number one, Alabama, 4-0, 230 on CBS wall. This is insane, Woj. This is insane. I mean, I can't believe it. I know you're licking your chops over there. That was daily <laughs> fantasy. Oh, my goodness, getting you hard with these two teams matching up, but you know, Ole Miss plus 14 and a half over under of 81 plus 475 for Ole Miss. They're saying Ole Miss is not going to win this game. But what does surprise me is they're saying that Ole Miss is going to score some points with that. Right, Woj? Oh yeah. And they have in the past, Walt, this game was 63 to 48 last year. 63 to 48, Woj. Come on. You're telling me that Alabama's defense is going to give up 48 to Ole Miss this year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think they would last year, but they did. Uh, this, this game is crazy for daily fantasy. I mean, you just look at that number of 81 and you just, you're like, like you said, lick your chops. Uh, you got Matt Carroll over there slinging the ball and Elaine Kiffin offense. He's, he's 10,500 playing against a good defense though. So he's, uh he's going to have to step back from that 50 point, uh, outing he had last week and uh, go to a better against the better offense but Lane Kiffin somehow or excuse me a better defense Lane Kiffin some, somehow every season though plays the Alabama tough I mean he just he he's Lane Kiffin who knows but on the other side of this ball wall we got Bryce Young I, I love Bryce Young he's 11,200 and he's not playing against a good defense wall <laughs> I mean Mississippi Old Miss doesn't play defense uh, they're more like a Big 12 team. But he's had 15 TDs so far in four games this season, Wall. But here's the thing. 
let's not overthink this. This is a Nick Saban Alabama team. Let's not overthink things, okay? Because I don't think Nick Saban overthinks too much thing, too many things. Last season, Mac Jones only threw for two TDs in a 63 to 48 game. They had eight TDs on the ground wall. He's gonna try to slow the game down. It, he might succeed or he might not succeed like last year, but he still will win the game. He's going to slow the game down, try to get it on the ground. If Ryan Robinson Jr. is healthy and ready to go, because he's been a little bit banged up, he's only 8,400, and that is a steal this week. I know how we talked about he's the Puma and he's going to pounce on you. This is finally the Puma game wall for BRJ. This is finally the Puma game. He's going to pop out. He's going to go crazy. If he doesn't get the start, then you're going to look at someone like uh, you're probably going to go with McClellan as he's had the most success so far this season when BRJ has been down, but if BRJ is healthy, he's going to go nuts. Uh, hopefully they get another eight TD on the ground game again. And he's all eight TDs cause he's on my normal fantasy team wall. So that'd be big. But other than that, take three wide receivers, some old miss and call your roster complete. <laughs> I'm not kidding either. Sanders is only 6,400 Drummond is 8,800 probably the best receiver right now in their team, or at least the one that's been clicking. But Mingo is 7,900. And, yeah, Drummond, I talk about how he's been doing the best on the team, but all three of those guys can catch the ball and catch touchdowns. And Matt Carroll doesn't care who it is, he's going to throw it to him. So you pick all three of them, two of them, one of them. You do whatever you want, but they at least one of those receivers better be in your roster this week if you plan on winning well. <laughs> That's That was some strong words, Woj. I, I'm kind of thinking in my head, maybe I'm going to leave them all off my roster just to prove a point if I can. But, okay. you know, I, I don't know who I would uh, – I don't know who I would say. I'd probably take the least amount of money out of them in Sanders, you know, like, just because they're going to have to be throwing the ball so much to keep up with Bama. One thing I did want to say is that, you know, this this over-under is too high for me. I, I'm going to be taking the under. It'll actually be my first under of the year. I think – slowing down with the unders I bet them too often but it'll be my first under of the year but 81's a lot of points and what I'll probably be doing too is first half you know they have minus seven and a half Alabama I don't know how much I like that but they do have an alternate minus ten and a half at plus 120 I'll probably be taking Bama on the first half line I know the real Jay-Z and I are all always all over those first half lines but I'll probably bet that bet the under big but then what I'll be doing is I might be hedging on Ole Miss for the game plus 14 and a half because Alabama is just not a good second half team plus that 14 and a half. If you take that, it's kind of a little bit of hedge against your under too because Ole Miss is going to have to go off if they want to keep it close. So again, you're hedging your under. So those three bets, two of them are counterintuitive, but if you follow my logic, that's why I'm doing it. So I'll probably have some money on this game, Mojo. Well, they scored 111 points last year and you're going to take the under on 81? <laughs> I I can't believe I can't be, can't believe I'm questioning you on taking an under at 81 in the first place. That's nuts. Uh, but yeah, they did score 111 points last year, and maybe Alabama doesn't quite have the same offense it did last year. Um, but without Devontae Smith and Nije Harris, things like that, Brian Robinson, we haven't seen been able to take the reins of Nije Harris yet, and Mechie quite isn't Devontae Harris or not Devontae Harris. Uh, uh, Gosh, what what was his name? The Heisman Heisman Trophy winner wall. What was his name? Devontae Smith wall. Devontae Smith. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I actually think that 
I'm not going to touch the over-under just because I don't know what's going to happen. Lane Kiffin does crazy things, and they score points, and Nick Saban doesn't seem like slowing down when he gets ahead in this game. So uh, I'm not going to touch that one at all, Wall. That's okay. I'll, I'll make the money. <laughs> you don't have to make any money, Woj. I'll make the money. Don't worry about it. All right, all right. So last week we had two wins and a loss. I lost with Texas Tech, plus eight. Ouch. Uh, we had Louisville minus two from Story, who continues to go undefeated for us. And he had a couple of his other ones that hit too, especially the Clemson one he called out, if anybody fouled him along with that. UCLA minus three and a half. Wall, you won that one. Uh, thankfully, I bet both of your bets and mine, so I, I ended up winning money on the day. Um, I didn't just take mine. This week, Wall, I'm going Fresno State minus 10.5 against Hawaii. They're only giving 10.5 against Hawaii. I feel like this is the lock of the week. I don't know why the spread is this low. Hawaii hasn't been that potent on offense. We've seen what Fresno State can do to both Oregon and UCLA. So why can't they do that against Hawaii? Who has already played UCLA and let UCLA do that on the, against them? So... I like Fresno State. I like that high-powered offense, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation right now. Uh, I'm taking Fresno State minus 10.5 against the Rainbow Warriors, Wall. That makes sense, Woj. I've had a lot of little birdies chirping in my ear lately about how good Fresno State is, which, you know, I, I've only watched them play that one game against the Ducks where, yeah, they played good against the Ducks, so don't get me wrong. But I, I had a lot of people tell me how good they are, so I guess your pick makes sense, Woj. I just I don't bet against Hawaii, so I, I probably wouldn't take money on it because – Hawaii is too random for me. I just I tend to stay away from them for no reason other than that. But this week, Wojnowski pick emoji. I got to do it. You know, it's it's the stupidest thing because you know it's going to do it. Well, don't do it. No, I got to do it. I got to do it. Michigan plus two and a half. Oh, go blue, baby. I'm sorry, Michigan fans. I'm sorry. It's over. Go blue. It's a good bet, though, Walt. I, I, I like that bet. I, you know what? I'll probably take him on the money line. You already said you took him on the money line. I'll probably take him on the money line for sure. Um, I, I really like that bet. You know, I like Notre Dame, too. I, I like no, taking Notre Dame on the money line against Cincinnati. I just feel like them getting points and then me getting some extra juice on the money line for a team that I think will win uh, is good in that, in that pick'em game. So, yeah, let's go blue. Well, it, it makes sense. I just – you know, we're, we're betting a team that's played such good football so far this year. They played such good football, and they're getting points against a team that's played questionable football this year. So that's that's what the bet is. I, I think it makes sense. It might maybe they don't cover it. When you when you uh, make a lot of bets, you don't win them all, and you realize that fast. So you just gotta win more than you lose, win more money. That is. So I, I think it's just betting the better team, and I'm good with it, Woj. I'm good with it. We'll be cheering for the same team. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. We're out.